everybody's there, I'm going to read to you the book of 1 Samuel. And I'm going to begin with verse number 1. The Bible says, Now there was a certain man of uh, Ramathaim Zophim of Mount Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, uh, the son of Jeroam, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuth, and Ephrathite. You talking about a mouthful, say that verse twice. <laughs> All right, it says, And he had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah, and the name of the other, Panana. And Panana had children, but Hannah had no children. And this man went up out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice in the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Penina his wife and to all her sons and her daughters portions. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah. But the Lord had shut up her womb, and her adversary also provoked her, provoked her sore for to make her fret, because the Lord had shut up her womb. And as he did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her, therefore she wept and did not eat. Then said Elkanah, her husband to her, Hannah, why weepest thou, and why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? Am I not better to thee than ten sons? <laughs> what a thing. So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. Now Eli, the priest, sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but wilt give unto thine handmaid a man child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life. And there shall no razor come upon his head. And it came to pass as she continued praying before the the Lord that Eli marked her mouth. Now Hannah spake in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she had been drunken. And Eli said unto her, How long will thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not thine handmaid for a daughter of uh, Belial, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to tell you, Lord, we need you now. We can't do anything without you. Uh, Father, I pray that something will be said today that would be a help. Lord, I pray your word be magnified. And as always, you be high and lifted up, Lord, and get glory to yourself. And Father, I just pray that you would help hearts here today. Lord, help me to say what you want me to say the way you want me to say it, Lord. And we'll give you praise, honor, and glory for it, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Uh, I want to talk to you this morning about Hannah, a good woman. Uh, in, in the Bible, you're going to read right here, Hannah is a good example. And uh, I, I, if nothing else, we need some good examples in the world today. Right. And uh, we need some mothers who uh, care like Hannah does. Mothers, grandmothers, all that, that those things are important. I've heard uh, uh, preachers say this one time, and I, I, I wrote it down somewhere, and I liked it. The Bible says uh, that the, the husband's the head of the home, but you know what it teaches? That the, the wife is the heart of the home. Now, if, if, you, if you've got a mind without a heart, that's no good. The two have to work together. 
And uh, you don't go to you don't go to daddy most time. Like my kids, they don't come to me when they cut their hand or something like that. You go to mama. He said, "Mama, I cut my hand. You know what does she do? She has compassion, and she'll get get, get you know medicine, put stuff on it real easy. You know, take that neosporin or whatever and put it on there and doctor you, nurse you. Well, see that 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 stuff right there is important." Just as much as, hey, you need to do this, that, and other thing. The heart part is important too. Why? Because a head without a heart is mindless. Amen. I mean, you've you got to have the heart to govern that. And so, mothers are important. Um, I heard a story about a tightrope walker. He's one of these guys that, you know, they'd stretch a great big old uh, cable out or whatever. And uh, this guy uh, would not only walk over it, but he could uh, walk that tightrope and he could push a wheelbarrow while he uh, walked. So he come to this one uh, town that had a canyon. And he said, hey, he's advertising. I want y'all to come and you pay so-and-so to watch me walk this tightrope. But I'm going to push a wheelbarrow across while I'm doing it. And they said, there's no way that guy can do that. So he went a couple canyons over and started practicing. So one of the townspeople went over there and said, hey. He come back. He said, I've been watching this guy practice. I think this guy really can do it. He said he's he's doing it over in a small on a smaller scale. So he was telling all these canyon people that. So when uh, the guy got there to walk the tightrope on the big canyon, that guy was there and he said, I believe you can do it. And he said, Do you really believe I can walk across it and push it wherever? He said, Yeah. He said, Won't you get in the wheelbarrow? <laughs> now you know what. Uh, Hannah believed God, but not only did she believe, but she trusted the Lord. Yes. It's one thing for you to say you believe, but it's another thing to actually trust the Lord Jesus Christ with your heart, with your soul, with your life, and with everything that you have. That's right. You know what we're supposed to do? Trust Him. You know what she did? She trusted Him. When she went to Him with this prayer, this thing just seemed impossible. But God heard her. Now, the thing we got to realize is, as we study this story about her, she's teaching us how to go through trials and stuff like that. There's all kind of lessons in here that we're going to learn, but uh, this has to do with a mother. Now, um, I was listening to a preacher one time, and he talks about, he said, a bad mother may keep a cloud resting on the whole household from morning till night. Thank God she sleeps at nights. <laughs> and you know what? <laughs> There's some bad ones out there, but thank God for the good ones. <laughs> I mean, it's a blessing uh, to be able to have somebody that you can go to and talk to. And those mothers are there. But you know what? As Christians, we need to be like that too. Yes, that's right. We need to, we need to be Christians. So there's things in here, I think, that will help us in our practical walk. Uh, one thing I want you to see is Hannah served the Lord. I want you to see some things she served through that I believe, I believe will help you. One thing she served despite her adversary. In, in verse number 2, we find out that this man wasn't real smart. He had two wives. Now, uh, do you know what that Bible tells you? Uh, a bishop is supposed to be the husband of one wife. That's What's that mean? In the Bible, they had two wives. You only need one at a time. <coughs> Over and over. He had two wives, two wives, two wives. That's why it says one wife. It don't mean have you ever been married before. It means are you, do you got two wives or do you have one? And you're only supposed to have one at a time. Some people say, I wonder if I qualify for this, that, and other. Hey, so I've been divorced. Whatever. How many people are you, how many women are you married to right now? If you're married to one and only one right now, you qualify. Well, you can't help things happen in life. Some of these people need disqualify folks that are qualified. 
Well, anyway, that's a whole different sermon. But I'm just saying the guy wasn't real smart. And she had an adversary. Why? He had two wives. And this one lady just did not like Hannah. Now, one thing you're going to realize about serving the Lord. is She's called an adversary in verse number 6. And her adversary, who? That was Penina. If I'm pronouncing her name right. It says she's an adversary. You know what that Bible tells you? Your devil, or the devil, your devil. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. People say, I have a devil. You know, so-and-so's got a devil. You may have one that provokes you right close to you all the time. You know, the thing is, she served God despite the devil's provoking. A constant provoking. Uh, it's amazing how uh, the devil uses other people. Here's the devil using another member of the household to provoke her. And you know, I thought about this as I was reading this thing right here. You ever thought about working? You People say, well, you're working for the Lord. I'm working for the Lord. You ever thought about this? Are you working for the devil? Just provoking people all the time. Here's a lady. She's trying to do things in her household and she's being provoked. Y'all, that's hard. That's hard. The Bible tells you sometimes that they that be your enemies are enemies of your own house in your own household. For a long time, the Lord Jesus Christ, his even his brethren didn't believe on him for a long time. And and we got to realize that this is common in the Bible. A lot of times we uh, we think we're going through things that are not common, but in the Bible, it's a common thing. And she's got somebody provoking. But guess what she did? She still she still served God. Instead of joining in that and provoking her back, she, the Bible never says she said anything back to her. I, I'm sure she got to the place where that stuff be just talking, and she just got to where she just walked right by and didn't say anything. Why? Because what good's it going to do? She just said, Look, my business is to serve the Lord. So she served her, uh, despite her adversary, even though the devil's provoking using other people. God will use other people to provoke you. And I'm sure y'all have learned it by now. I know I have. Why? Just to, just to get you, because look, the devil, I can't see the devil. He's a spirit. But he can get inside people and use people's hands and eyes and mouths. I'll tell you what people say, sticks and stones uh, uh, break bones, but words never hurt. No, I'll tell you what, words, I, I can remember things people said way worse than somebody's punched me in the nose. Well, my nose healed within two or three days. But I'm telling you something, those words stick with you. And sometimes people can provoke you right there, right there in your same household, say stuff. But what are you supposed to do? Serve God. Just keep serving the Lord. Let the Lord handle it. Now here's the thing I want you to see, verse number 7. Not only see the devil's provoking, but the devil's persistence. It said, and as she uh, did so year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord, so... She provoked her. So every time, here's this lady trying to do something for God. Hannah's trying to serve the Lord. And she's constantly got somebody provoking. You know what I'm finding now? The more you try to do something for the Lord, the more people are going to provoke you. Whether they mean, some of them don't even mean to. If you're trying to do something for the Lord, you've got to realize, here's some of you are, you got closer to the Lord this past year. Well, you know what happened? You've, well, this happened and this happened and this happened. You wouldn't believe. Yes, that's right. While the devil is trying to keep you, from going year by year. The devil's trying to keep you from serving the Lord. When you're trying to serve the Lord, I'm going to tell you something. The closer you get to God, the closer you get to the devil. Yeah. People say, the devil don't never mess with so-and-so. I'll tell you why. Because they, they are already working for him anyway. He ain't got to do nothing. He's already got them. But you get to working for the Lord, and I'll tell you something. The devil sees that, and he don't like it. 
And you know what he's going to try to do? He's going to try to knock you off course. Some of you are going through things and you're saying, why is this happening? Why is this other thing happening? Well, notice you've increased your prayer. You're trying to come to church some. You're trying to pick up your Bible. You're trying, trying to watch your language and you're trying not to. And guess what? Then you're saying, why is all this other stuff happening? Because the devil does not want you to get any closer to the Lord. She's getting consistent. And guess what? As you get consistent, the more consistent uh, she got year by year, the more Guess what? Consistent the devil got year by year. Now you got to realize that. I want you to see something about the devil being persistent. Hold your place there and look over in Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4 and uh, <clears throat> verse number uh, 13. <clears throat> Excuse me. Luke 4. This is the, this is the Lord Jesus going up uh, to be tempted of the devil in the wilderness. Now, uh, y'all may have seen this before, but it's amazing how little phrases are in the Bible. If you're not paying attention, you won't notice it. But in Luke chapter 4, verse number 13, it says, And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him forever. Don't say that. It says, for a season. You know what that means? He come back. Y'all, I'm going to tell you something. You're, you're going to have to understand as you serve God, the devil is persistent. So if you don't stay consistent in your walk with the Lord, you say, oh, everything's wonderful now. I'm through that. Well, then the very next thing that comes, you've let your guard down because you don't realize he may depart for a little, but it's only for a season. And if he did that with the Lord, he's going to do it with you. So what you have is there's a possibility of having a daily annoyance. Something annoying you daily. But yet you can turn that daily annoyance into an occasion to get closer and nearer to the Lord. What happened? Back in Samuel, guess what happened? She, she gets over here and she's getting provoked daily, daily, daily. Guess what she does? She just goes to God in prayer daily. She just uses that as an instance to say, hey, I need to get closer to the Lord. So you know what that tells me? As things that come up in your life, and they are going to come up. You have to take those things and turn those into occasion to serve the Lord. You're going to have to take that thing and say, okay, I've got this person that I, that I know they don't like me and I really don't like them. But I'm going to use this as an occasion to take that to the Lord. All right, I've got a hardship going on in my life right now. Instead of saying, man, look how hard this is. Take that to the one who can get you through it. Use those things that come into your life and turn that thing around and use it to strengthen your relationship with the Lord as, a, as another reason to go to God. Not another reason to say, here's another thing coming up. I just got through that and now something else is coming. But if you'll use that as something to cry out to God more on, it'll get you closer to the Lord. Here she is. She's weeping and stuff. Well, guess what's happening? There are other people not weeping. You don't read about them uh, praying for and praying with her or anything else. Well, just because other people aren't getting close to the Lord don't mean you can't. I've learned some. There's, there's going to be people all in your walk of life, maybe either in your household or in your church or whatever. You can't help what they do, but you can help what you do. And just, just use it as an occasion to get close to the Lord. So uh, I thought about this. What are you going to th turn things in, into? An opportunity to serve? Another reason to call out on the Lord? The Lord likes for you to call out on Him. You know, that's just like, it's, it's like a marriage relationship. is compared to a marriage relationship over in Ephesians chapter number 5. Well, you think about it. Uh, you, like to, you like to talk to those people who you're a spouse to. Who you married to? 
Well, guess what? We ought to like to talk to the Lord. And if you think about that, I mean, you got things that come up in your life. Are you using that for an occasion to talk to God about it? Why? Because if not, you're not going to handle it the correct way. I thought about this right here too. The Lord will allow things in life to present an opportunity for you to express your gratitude to it, toward Him or anything else. I'm going to give you something else out of Luke. Luke 24 and uh, uh, verse number 28. This is some interesting things here. Luke 24. This is these uh, two that's on the road to Emmaus. And this, this chapter, you could preach out of Luke for no telling how long. It's just so much in here. But uh, what, what I like about this is it says in verse 28, And, and they drew nigh unto the village whither they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. He made as though. What it is, they're walking along and he just kind of keeps walking like this right here. And they say, hold on just a minute, come with us. So you know what the Lord will do a lot of times? He will allow something into your life to provide you an opportunity to express what's in your heart toward Him. They had hospitality in their heart. And He allowed this right here to happen for them to give that expression of hospitality. Right. Now you think about things that come up in your life. Uh, do you use that as an expression? To serve God with it or to thank God with it? Or just let it pass? I, I was reading uh, something this writer said, If you wish to strengthen a feeling, express it. If you wish to destroy it, de deprive it of a tongue. That works bad or good. So what it is, you think about this. If you've got a feeling in your heart and you've got a feeling of gratitude, you need to express that gratitude. If you want to tell somebody thank you, don't, don't just hold it in. Tell them thank you. If you want to tell the Lord something, don't hold it in. Just go ahead and express that feeling. Why? Because if you suppress that thing, it don't come out like it's supposed to and it kind of fizzles out. That's like, for instance, you take somebody, it'll work in the bad way, and they start complaining about their job. <clears throat> Man, I can't stand having to get up 4.30 to go to this job. Well, you get there and don't nobody appreciate anything you do. Well, you get there when you get there, and before long, guess what? You, you start expressing those feelings, and those things take life. Yes, and before long, you can't stand it. And guess what? Before long, you're working somewhere else. Now, you know what? That'll work both ways. You can get up and start thanking God that you had feet to get up on. You can start thanking God, hey, I thank you that I had a bed to sleep in. I thank you I had a roof over my head. And, all and start expressing all those things. And guess what happens? Good things happen after that. And I'm not talking about some of this blab it and grab it type stuff. People say speak things in existence. What I'm talking about, the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. What happens is, you start speaking these things, it gets in your heart. And you know what? Before long, all you do is just drag and just drag and then you'll start dragging everybody else around you. That's right, brother. You know what? That's, that's, that's rough to be around that stuff. You know what Hannah did? She just had a persistence. And year by year, you know what that Bible tells you over in Samuel? It tells you, I, I forgot to mark my page. <laughs> you know what it says over there? I want you to see this. In verse 7 it says, uh, And as he did so year by year, when she went up, to the house of the Lord. She went up to the house of the Lord. You know what you're doing year by year? You will go up instead of down. You're going to elevate in your walk toward the Lord. If you'll just keep going. You know what happens a lot of times? You think, well, I'm not growing very much. I'm not growing very much. But each and every day, if you'll grow a little bit, each and every day, it will add up. 
that's like we save pennies and stuff. And I, I started this jar, like each at the start of each year, we'll start this jar and we'll put our change in, the, in that, uh, we got a big old jar, we put it in. When it starts off, that first handful, it's just a few pennies in there. Well, each day, a few more and a few more and a few more. And guess what? By the end of the year, that thing is full. You know how that is? That's how it is with your walk with the Lord. If, if you'll walk a little bit here and get this truth here and get this other truth over here, guess what happened? At the end of the year, you have grown that much just year by year. But it's going to take consistency. The trouble is nowadays we're living in a society everybody everybody wants everything right now and walking with the Lord it does not work that way. It's going to take time. It's going to take time. That's how come you know you got these kids. They'll grow up and they say mom and daddy's got you know a couple vehicles. They got a whole bunch of tools out in the shed and they got they may have a side by side or something like that and they want all that right now. But it took them all their life to get it. You want to go get it. They say these kids nowadays just want to go get that right now without having to work for it. Well, you know what? A lot of times you'll see somebody else who's really close to the Lord and you think, well, it just happened like that. He just favored them, you know. I'll tell you what, God favors those who seek Him. You know what? Nobody in here, nobody in here is a person that God won't look to and God won't help and God won't lift up and God won't lift you out. Of things, but it's going to take you daily That's right. growing a little here and a little there. Amen. God can lift you out of anything. Right. Now, I want you to see she served a spider adversary, but also she wasn't easily aggravated. You're talking about getting convicted. <laughs> Buddy, this stuff right here, this stuff, it's a whole lot more than touch not, taste not, handle not. <laughs> he says, the Bible says over here, in verse number 8, you're going to find out she was slow to, slow to wrath. Then said Elkanah, her husband, to her, Hannah, why weepest thou? Well, I'm sad. That's why I'm crying. You know, some people, why are you crying? Why are you upset? Well, you know why I'm upset. He says, and why eatest thou not? He knows what's wrong with her. He says this, and why is thy heart grieved? Am I not better to thee than ten sons? Why do you got to say that? When somebody's going through some stuff like... You know, you know what you're going to find out about this lady right here? She was slow to wrath when her husband was saying some of the dumbest stuff a man could say. I'm not better, I'm not better than 10 sons. Why can't you say, hold on just a minute, there's something I can get you. I know you're upset or anything. But that's just like a man. I'm better than 10 sons. I'm wanting a son. She's got something that's on her heart. And he don't have enough sense to say anything any better than that. But you know what? That's often how people do. That's right. But you know what this woman did? She was slow to wrath. Some people are faster than the speeding ticket to get mad about stuff. That's right. Man, you're talking about just, just fly off the handle. Proverbs 14, 17 says, He that is soon angry dealeth foolishly, and a man of wicked devices is hated. You know what I've been learning lately? I used to tell y'all, man, I'll get this up road rage and get mad at these people pull out in front. I don't understand why people just pull out in front of you in a little town like Hickory Flat. Where are you going? <laughs> and so, you know what I've been thinking lately, though? I've been trying to, I've been trying to not, not just preach it, I've been trying to apply it. And, uh, and say, you know what, Lord, thank the Lord I'm not in that big a hurry. No big deal. And man, it just helps so much. Look, if that's the worst thing happens to me, I've been thinking. If that's the worst thing happened all day, I'm doing good. Stuff like that. Why? Because if not, if you let that stuff bother you, and you're so easily angered, 
You know what the Bible says? That's foolish. It's foolish. So what we've got to realize is she could have been mad and she could have snapped back. And none of us, well, I probably wouldn't have said anything about it if it was said she snapped back and said, hold on just a minute. Are you any, you're not any smarter than that. But she didn't say anything. Well, you know what? I'm realizing she was slow to wrath, wrath, but she was full of wisdom. You know what we need? We need some people full of wisdom. We're living in a society now. Today, everybody thinks, my opinion matters. I'm going to make sure you know it. Yeah. Uh, I, I had a guy tell me one time, he said, it's better for you to keep your mouth shut and people wonder if you're a fool than to open it and remove all doubt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what people, people do? They just say whatever comes to mind. That's right, brother. I, I, w- I wish that people sometimes just keep your opinions to yourself. They get on all this. You got these things now. They got Twitter, which I haven't. I don't. I've never been on any of that stuff. I read about it some in the news. Twitter and and uh, the less rest of them just. But anyway, y'all know them. Y'all know. Them. <laughs> y'all know. You know. Y'all know. But you know what happens? They get on that thing and they say, "Well, this is my opinion about this, and this really matters. You need to hear this." No, it's, it's really not that important. You, you, know, you know what? I, I wish people thought the things of God were so... This is so important. I've got to get that out of there. I've got to get this out. But now you've got to get your opinion out. Right. You know what the Bible says? That's foolish. You know what the Bible says in Proverbs? Talking about wisdom. Book of wisdom. Proverbs got it. Proverbs 29, 11. A fool utter, utter, uttereth all his mind, but a wise man keepeth it in till afterwards. Right. Some things you just need not say. Right. Read some of these stories and then people say, I told my boss so and so. He's your boss. Why? If you don't like your boss, go get another job. But you're supposed to not talk to your boss that way. I'm not impressed at all. I get these people. Yeah, I told them. I told them about it. <laughs> well, you're working for that person. They're paying you. And treating them. I'm just saying. Why? People think. They're not. They're, they think they can just say what they want to. Y'all, we got to be full of wisdom. Right. Wisdom. Wisdom says, "Hey, there's an order about things, and if I don't keep the order of this stuff, the place would fall apart. If you didn't have a boss at a place, to think about how that place would run without a boss. Well, all right, well, how does that translate over to spiritual life? The Lord is our boss, and if we throw insults back at Him and say, "God, I can't believe you did it this way. Why'd you allow that to happen?" And God's like, I think I know what I'm doing. I think I know how to run this place. <laughs> and yeah, I think I know, guess who, who knows how to run our life better than us? God does. That's right. And I'll tell you what, He can help you in ways you never imagined. But you know what the trouble is? It's just like that boss at work. He knows a little bit more than you do about that job, even though you think you know everything. And if you listen to Him, He'd help you. Well, you know what the thing is with God? If you listen to Him, He'd help you. But the trouble is, this flesh don't want to yield to it. She had wisdom even in situations like this right here. She displayed a lot of wisdom. I think this is a good mother. I, th- I thought about this. Uh, her wisdom was in contrast even to those who were in spiritual authority. She, here she is. She's not eating. She's praying and stuff like that. And the priest, Eli, don't even have enough sense to discern between her and these people have been drinking. Why? Because evidently it had gotten so bad, here they are right there at the temple and they're drinking and getting drunk and stuff like that. And he said, she, here she is drunk. She's praying. He's lost his spiritual discernment. And she's got more discernment than he is. Why? But, uh, he has because she's wise in the Lord. Y'all, we need, we need wisdom. I'm going to tell you something. 
The Bible says she did not eat. Alright? So you know what the Bible says about the Lord? <laughs> She's trying. <laughs> what, 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 the, uh, what the Bible says about the Lord Jesus? He says this in John 6.35. I think this is amazing. Thank you to help you. Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. You know two things that's essential, bread and water. You can't have life without water. And you can't have life, you can't have life without food. You're going to have to eat sometime. And the Lord Jesus said, I am bread and I am water. Amen. She did not eat while she had meat to eat they knew not of. That's right. What being with the Lord. I want you to know something about the Lord and, in, and if, if the world could get this. What he's saying in that text is he alone can satisfy all the needs we have in our situations in life. Uh, You've got to have him daily to quench your spiritual desires. Well, it's like thirst. He said, if any man thirst, let him come to me. Now, I was watching those cows. I was sitting on the front porch, and we got cows right beside our house. You know, they just walk up and down that pasture. And, I was, and then we got a pond right down in the valley. So we got a pasture here in the pond right beside. And those cows will walk up and down through there, and they're munching on that grass, munching on that grass. Well, you know what? Grass has a little bit of water in it. Just enough to kind of get them through for a little while. But you know what you're going to find out about those cows eventually? They're going to have to leave that little bit of water here, there, and yonder that they get in the grass through their daily grazing. And they're going to have to go down and get a drink. And some of them, I've seen some of them completely immerse their body in that pond, and especially on a hot day. And they'll be down there and just up to their waist in that pond just cooling off. You know what? In your daily life, yeah, you can, people say, well, I can worship God doing this, or I can worship God doing that. Yeah, you can. You can get a little bit of water in the grass, so to speak, here, there, and yonder, fleshly things that you do. You can get a little bit there. But there's going to have to be a time where you immerse yourself into the water of life and drink freely. Why, if not, you're not going to be able to quench that thirst. That's right. You, you are born, there's born in you a spiritual thirst for God. And if you quench the Holy Spirit of God, it says quench not. What? Why is it saying quench? Like stopping drinking water. Quench not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby thou art sealed on the day of redemption. You're sealed. You're going to go to heaven. But if you're quenching that thirst that you have for God, it's just like a cow eating grass all day long and never going to to the stream or to the pond and getting a good drink of water. You know what's happening? A lot of people... Instead of being like Hannah and using wisdom, they're thinking, I can do this, and I'll just, I'll just slip a prayer in here, a prayer in there. And look, I, we all do that. I'll, I'll pray. Man, I believe you ought to pray without ceasing. Pray all day long. Thank God. But every now and then, you need to take some time more than just here, there, and yonder. A little graze here, a little bite here, a little bite there. You need to actually immerse yourself into the water. And you need to eat a little while. And you need to enjoy and if you're not doing that, I'm telling you something, you're missing out on wisdom that comes from not reading. There's more to the walk. Now look, y'all know I'm a Bible believer. I, I believe that Bible. It says Holy Bible. I even believe the cover. But there's more to serving God than just reading the Bible. If you read it and don't live what you read, it's not doing any good. If you read the Word of God and you don't fellowship with the one who wrote the Word of God, you're not going to have that wisdom. You can read an instruction manual all day long, but if you don't apply it and put the thing together that you've been reading about, it's not going to do you any good. 
what he's, what he's showing you here is, is that she's got this wisdom. She didn't eat. She is literally getting a spiritual meal that they can't even see. Why? By going to God in her hardship. Each Sunday, I know I talked about it a little bit last time, but y'all, one of the things that I'm realizing is people aren't going to God whenever they have trouble. That's when you say, well, what's going on with the world? And I'll tell you one thing, people are not going to God for daily wisdom. And it's so sad. Why? Because all that joy is available. The joy of the Holy Spirit, the, the ability to be able to enjoy daily everything with the Lord, going through things with the Lord is there, but people won't take that wisdom. Say, well, she's weeping right here. What are you talking about? Yeah, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Weeping only, only lasts so long. You can only cry so long. Even a baby, I'm telling you something, babies can do some crying, man. But guess what happens? After a little while... They get so tired of sleep, and a lot of times they would look, look up and they're smiling. But y'all, you got to realize something there, that you're going to have to get the wisdom of God, and you're thirsting. A lot of times you're thirsting, you're not getting what it takes to be satisfied. I thought about this when I was thinking about water and stuff. A lot of times people are trying to get satisfaction out of all kind of other things in life. Well, if you took a sailor, and you put him in a mud puddle, do you think he'd be satisfied in a mud puddle? No, you need to put him in the ocean. You know what's wrong with some of you? You may, if you examine your life, you're saying, "What is going on here? Well, why? How come I've got this stir, so to speak, that can't be quenched?" You're sitting in the mud puddle, and you're supposed to be sailing the open seas. Amen. You need to be out there with the Lord, literally, literally giving Him the praise, honor, and glory for everything that's going on in your life. Why? Because what we do is we start thirsting. Why? Because we start saying. My joy is tied up in this relationship. My joy is tied up in me having my bills paid. My joy is tied up in me having this car. I really want this car. I really want this particular house. I really want. I wish we. If we only had that, we'd. Re- if your joy is tied up in that, it's going to be just as temporary as that is. That's right. Well, you can buy the brand, a brand new car, man. <coughs> and let me tell you something. A few years later, that thing. <laughs> It's going to be going to have dings in it, nicks in it. You're going to spill something in the carpet. And guess what? The news is going to wear off. You get a new shirt that you like. Man, you like that shirt. This thing really fits me just right. Look good. Give it a little while and it won't look so good. <laughs> Why? Well, it just fades. But you know what your relationship with the Lord does? The relationship with the Lord does not fade. It gets better and better and more pure every day. So once you put that first, you can enjoy everything else. But the trouble is, people not quenching their thirst. And uh, Psalms 42.1 says, As the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. We think, oh, what are you thirsting for? What quenches your thirst? Is it, is it enjoying the simple things of God? Or do you have to have a specific thing happen? If that one thing happened, you're not going to be satisfied. Okay, well, then God's not satisfying you then. You see, see, we make out like, well, well, God's enough. No, it's not. Why? Because if we don't get it our way in life, it's not enough. You know what? If, if, if we, we think, if God don't meet this need in this way, this is going to upset my apicart. And you know what happens? All that stuff's temporary. That's right, my brother. There's been some people, and they say, if I, I, and I'm, I'm telling you, I know, we all know them. I know a guy, he thought, man, if I get this job, if I only got this, everything was going to be wonderful. 
Well, I got that job. I hate working there. <laughs> you see what happens? Well, his, his joy was tied up in the wrong thing. But guess what? If you know this, look, I'm going to serve the Lord whether I've got a good job, whether I've got a bad job. I'm going to go up there and serve the Lord. Well, guess what happened? You know the Lord gave you that job and you say, well, if the Lord gave me this and He can give me another one. <laughs> your joy is tied up in the Lord and you're trusting Him. I can tell you something. I, I, I can speak from experience. Uh, God can provide for you in ways you never thought imaginable. You, you, just, you just literally never thought, how could God do it? And God says, yeah, I've got ways far above your ways and thoughts far above your thoughts. And He can do it. I want you to know today He can. Now here's another thing I want you to see. Is she want to be in tune with the Almighty. Verses 9 to 11, you're going to see over here, she, she just keeps going up and she's praying in bitterness and she's asking for a son. Now what I like about this is, as the Bible said, the Lord had closed up her womb and she couldn't be satisfied. The Bible said in Psalm 127 verse 3, Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord and the fruit of the womb is His reward. Now I know the abortionists today don't believe in that. So they just take their own reward. But you know what? God can give you a reward. Yes. Amen. And it says are, are, children are heritage of the Lord. Why? You, you get to get in on God giving you a blessing of bringing life in. Why? Because without it, the, the, everything would die. People got to come into the world. So you know what? That, that Bible's telling you there, only God can meet those desires. Uh, you think of this. Uh, Proverbs 30 verse 16 The grave and the barren womb the earth that is not filled with water and the fire that saith not is enough. What? That's the only thing that can't be satisfied. The barren womb is one of them. Uh, you know what that lets me know? Only God can satisfy certain needs. Some of you have got needs and you're thirsting for something in the area and you just go to God and say God I have this need in here and whatever it is it's not, not going to be anything he never heard. That's right. Amen. He's going he's to know what that need is and say, look, I know what that need is. You've come to me, and now let's work on it. You know what He can do? He can help you with it. Yeah. I'm pointing you to a Savior who can help you even when you don't think it's impossible. She's in tune with Almighty God. And that's what we've got to do. Even when leaders were in, in apostasy, here, here's Eli. He's sitting down, and I, I'm not even going to like, you know, that's like, for instance, the priest in the tabernacle, he wasn't, he wasn't supposed to have a seat. Now we say, well, he wasn't in the tabernacle there. Well, I'll tell you what, the more I read about it, they were doing a whole lot of standing. Why? Wow, that work wasn't finished. The Christ, the Bible said the Lord Jesus Christ sat down. Why? Wow, it's finished on the cross. But you know what happens? We get to where we can just, around the things of God, we can just relax. No big deal here, nothing to see here type of thing. And guess what happens? He's out of touch with God. She's more in touch with God than he is. You know what happens? A lot of times, we're not near as in touch with God as we think we are. A lot of times we think, well, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, and other thing. Yeah, what you're doing is going through the motions. Now, you know what God does? God knows your heart. And God can look there and say, yeah, you done got so comfortable that you're just sitting there. Why? When that lady right there needs you to have your arm wrapped around her praying for her. You know what happens? A lot of times we get to the place when just sit around. Just sit around and not even care. That's a sad thing. Here, here you, you see this thing right here. This woman's going through things. 
that only God can help her with. You know what a lot of times, other people around us don't know what you're going through. You, I used to I used to think you can read faces. Look, you better not do that, especially when you're preaching. Look, some of you are so sleepy you can't hardly even stay awake. What am I supposed to do? I mean, uh, that, that, that's your business, not my business. So, uh, you, you're not supposed to get mad. I've heard preachers say, yeah, you're about to have a sleep. Yeah, that's right. It's hot in here. I'm about to, I, it's, not, it's no offense toward the preacher. You know, you get some of these people and they go, like this right here. Well, they got a gas pain, man. <laughs> Something. <laughs> well, guess what? See, I got your attention. <laughs> well, see, what happens is, y'all, we get to where we think that we can look at somebody and you know what's on. You don't know what's on their mind. Only God does. I've seen people who could smile at you, the best, some of the best smiles you've ever seen, on the inside, brokenhearted and depressed. And some people, they walk around like you. Some of the happiest folks you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> I don't nothing bother them. They don't care if the sun don't shine. <laughs> you know what that is? That's the Lord able to meet that heart. The Lord knew, no matter, even though the priest didn't know or anyone else didn't know or didn't care, God knew what's on their heart. You know what? You're sitting there right now and you're wondering if God knows what's on your heart. And He does and He cares about it. Amen. You say, well, what all does He care? I'll tell you what He cares about. He cares about anger. Here's, here's Jonah. Uh, Jonah said, uh, the Lord said, doest thou well to be angry? He said, I, he said it does me well even to death. <laughs> well, the Lord didn't strike him down. Well, he knew Jonah. Yeah, he knows you. You know what happened? He know, I, I'm glad I've got a God that knows each and every quirk that we have, and he's patient with us. And he says, won't you come to me? I want you to, do, I want you to know right now. That God will come to you and meet your need just like he, he met her need. You know what you're going to find out in verse number 20? She got her prayer answered. Amen. Wherefore it came to pass when the time was come about um, after Hannah had conceived that she bare a son and called his name Samuel saying because I have asked him of the Lord. You know what? She said, hey, I asked something for the Lord and I got it. Now, you know what? I have asked the Lord, not deserving one thing I've ever asked for. I've asked for the Lord for things, and He gave it to us. Now, here today, if you've ever asked for anything and you've got it, I'll tell you something. It does good for us to be thankful to God. Today, if we don't do nothing else, let's go out and use our mouth to be thankful, give praise to God. Y'all going to go out today, we're going to have a good day. Well, it's beautiful outside. Well, don't, don't let the things of the world mess that up. Why? Because, y'all, I'm going to heaven one day. Amen. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm telling you this. If God gives me grace to do it, I want to enjoy my service and my work here because I know where I'm going hereafter. Y'all, it, it's nothing else. I, I'm trying my best clothes, but I talk to y'all like family. One of the most exciting things I, I've got right now is knowing that my children are saved. That's a, that's a lot of other things in life that could be going on, but that's the main thing. Amen. And then to know I've got a, a church family that's praying for me and stuff like that. Stuff's going to come up. You're going to walk out of here and stuff's going to come up in life and try to make you forget that. That's right. You know what we're going to realize? Hey, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. And I'm going to enjoy the trip. I'm not going to make God just drag Amen. me around. Now, you're coming whether you want to or not. <laughs> but guess what? If you saved, you're going. You're going to heaven. Are you going to enjoy the trip or not? Let's enjoy the trip. We'll close out if we could. Brother Mike, close us out.